Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth drafting the circuits? Three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. Good evening, folks. Today is Thursday, August 24th, and that means one thing and one thing only. It is time for Oscar Mike Radio on the move on mission for my fellow veterans and military family, extended, close, and far away. Thank you for listening to this episode where I do my thing, and my thing today is to kind of get some stuff out rant and ramble a little bit what i'm trying to say is there's no real um topic this week why is that there's a lot of stuff going on some stuff i just can't understand and i'm going to get it out for this episode five eight that's right five eight of oscar mike radio thank you so much for listening okay before we do anything else i want to take a minute and offer my heartfelt condolences for the sailors who were probably in all, all aspects gone. They're gone. Ten sailors and five more sailors were killed and or injured on the USS John McCain when it collided with a Liberian uh, oil tanker Monday morning in the South China Sea near Singapore. And while I may joke about my naval brethren and what they do and the uniforms they wear, it just understates again how dangerous some aspects of the military are men and women go through every day to do their job. And I'm going to rant about this later. I don't understand the whys, but I do not understand that there are families out there in pain and suffering because what happened to their loved ones. So with all the sincerity, I, I just want to say that I, uh, my heart goes out to you all during your time of suffering and loss and that um, our thoughts and prayers are with you all. Going on to the question of the week. And the question of the week is once again about Korea. What are we going to do? Why haven't we gone to war yet? Are we going to war? What do you think will happen? Is Trump crazy? Is Kim Jong-il crazy? What is going on? 
I think the fact that we haven't started dropping bombs and firing missiles from ships to North Korea says a lot for who President Trump has around him. I think they're looking at the big picture, looking at what's been going on there for a while, and working to advise him on the best way to address this. You can see where, if you look, that more B-1B bombers have been moving to Guam. More of our naval uh, sea power have been doing exercises off the coast of North Korea. We're, we're building up forces there, whether we say it or not. Not that we're going to strike North Korea. I'm not sure that will happen, but definitely to remind certain people near and far that we can project power in the world anywhere, anytime that we want to. And whether you like the military, whether you like America, whether you like the kind of life we live, or even the president, until you see what a uh, ballistic missile can do and appreciate the technology that goes into getting a missile from point A to point B accurately, you can't really understand the scope of what uh, Kim Jong-il 2 is trying to do right now and why it would not be a good thing at all for him to have this kind of power unfettered. Certainly, uh, our Japanese allies are understanding this up close and personal, and certainly our allies in Guam can appreciate what it'd be like to get hit by one of these. But, you know, let's just say you're in uh, Malibu Beach, California, and you're on the beach, and one of these things hits Malibu or Anaheim or L.A., Nevada, with a small yield or, or a big enough, uh, you know, nuclear bomb to really mess things up here for a while it will change your perception on how things are in the world I, I have no particular opinion about this right now I think and what I like that I'm seeing is the efforts to diplomatically resolve this they're cranking up the sanctions they're putting heat on China they're putting heat on South Korea we're reaffirming that we are there for Japan and Guam and South Korea so I don't think that um, we're going to war anytime soon what I think and how I'm going to answer this question is we are certainly preparing to strike hard and fast with the big stick that we have if this guy cannot uh, get his head out of the clouds or the sand whatever you want to say so that is my opinion as educated and educated as it can be and we'll see if I'm just full of hot air right because no one really knows you just don't so hopefully I can go with a different question next week but that's how I'm going to answer this one so I want to talk about a couple of things this week which is why I didn't have a set uh, episode itinerary and promote this thing hard and heavy like I did other ones because there's a couple of things I want to talk about, and I didn't want to devote a whole entire episode to these topics, but these things are bothering me, and I want to get them out there, and maybe if I do this enough, I can get better at just ranting. Maybe once a month, I just need to let it all out. I don't know. So my word section is, yeah, it's the word, and the words passed down from high to low, but my word section this week is about three things and the first 
and this is no particular order, so it is what it is. The, the, the first is the MV22 Osprey. Now, we, we've had a whole bunch of things going on in the news about the military recently, about who can serve and what, and who can serve and why, and what's being done, how the military is being run. I, I get that. But this is the second time in less than a year that we've had this aircraft be involved in an accident that killed people. And there are some startling similarities. The first is both times this aircraft suffered a catastrophic failure. It was trying to land. It was trying to land on uh, the aircraft carrier that it crashed off of uh, the coast of Australia and it was crashed while trying to land in Afghanistan. There are several reasons why that may or may not happen. We're not being told, but it's a problem to me. There's several articles about how this is still not a stable platform. There's tons of anecdotal stories from Marine infantry people primarily who have to ride this thing, who are kind of like, you know, this is not really uh, like the good old sea night, which had its own problems. But again, when I, when I was serving the Marine Corps, you know, I, I saw some that were in service that were built in 1968, 69, 67. That's when they rolled off the assembly line. So they, they had their own set of problems because of age and, and use. But this thing is relatively new in aircraft years. And I just don't think that the general public, much less the aviators have to fly this thing, and the people who ride in these things are hearing the full story. Not to mention... That when this aircraft was budgeted, we were told this aircraft would cost $24 million to uh, build. Top price. Absolutely the ceiling, the, the, the outermost outlier possible, $24 million. Which again was a lot more expensive than a CH-46 C-Night, which is what it replaced. But with the capability and, and the speed and the, the ability to land like a plane, take off like a plane, take off you know vertically, it was believed that it would you know well be well worth the cost, right? That same aircraft that crashed in Afghanistan and now off the coast of Australia cost over one hundred million dollars. Now three of these things have crashed in the last calendar year. Three. So that's $300 million gone. That's one third of a billion dollars. Poof. I got on Jane's other aviation websites. John McCain's son writes an article, which I'll include in the blog post about his feelings on the Osprey. The consensus is following. There's a camp that says, you know what? It's, it's still a new design. There's something new being tried. We got to give it time to get worked out. And there's another camp saying there are severe problems with this, where the technology has not caught up, and politically and financially, it's it's too big to fail now. We need to keep at it in order to have something to transport Marines and equipment in. While people were arguing over whether a, a person who believes their different sexual orientation than what they were born as should serve. This thing failed and killed multiple Marines and we flushed a hundred million dollars down the drain. And I don't know why the people who get upset at certain things 
with regard to our veterans military aren't yelling at their congressmen and the Senate Arms Committee about why this thing is doing what it's doing. And this is not the first time this aircraft has killed people. As far back as 1991, when it was an experimental stage, it had problems. The year I got out of the Marine Corps, this thing crashed in Arizona at Luke Air Force Base. Multiple people dead. There's tons of stories where this thing will smoke, catch fire, not take off right, problems landing. Not to mention, that the, to me, the most egregious thing that this thing cannot do. This aircraft cannot auto-rotate, which even the, 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 the twin-rotor CH-47 and Chinook and a C-Knight can auto-rotate. That means if the engine or engines lose power, the pilots can still land this thing with a high probability of everyone inside surviving. If the, if the engine or transmission on the Osprey goes bad and one of the uh, turboprops lose power, the plane cannot land in vertical mode. Or if it's in vertical mode and one of the props are affected, it's going to crash. So some, some big problems there. And I don't like it. And I'm told I'm just, you know, too old-fashioned. I'm not forward-thinking, but I'm like, I don't know if you could honestly get me to, to ride in one of those things. I think I would take a, a UH-1 Huey or a, a Black Hawk or Walk, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I could trust that plane to save my life. So that's rant number one. Rant number two is um, a guy by the name of... Dresnock. James Dresnock died. He was one of a couple defectors to North Korea and he is the last original defectors during the Korean War to die outside of the U.S. And I watched the documentary Crossing the Line. It was done by the BBC about his life story, about what happened and you know, why he was over there, and on one hand, this guy was no great loss. This guy had severe problems, which ironically, watch documentary and see if you believe in me. For whatever reason, he had a terrible home life, no real mother figure in his life, a father who really couldn't take care of him or didn't want him. He joined the army, got married, came back home, and his wife was with another man and that really had an effect on him and I, I can't prove that that was the catalyst that sent him on this path but as you watch the documentary in the first I'd say third of it for whatever reason when that happened to him the adultery that his wife committed and his faithfulness to her was suspect he went down a completely different path and was not really interested in being in the army anymore. But through the whole thing, I guess my problem with this person was, is not that he defected, which is terrible enough in itself, especially at that time, you know, when we were doing this, but he still had this like smug F you attitude. Like, yeah, I defected. I deserved my post. I left those guys back there. I went to do my thing when I wanted to. And there's nothing anybody can do to me. The North Koreans are feeding me. They're housing me. They're taking care of me. 
my kids can go to the best schools. I get to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I'm pretty happy. And I, I just, there to me, he had no moral cause, no um, reason other than his own selfish desires about what he wanted to do. So while it was newsworthy that he died, uh, I will have a link to the uh, documentary. You can watch it on uh, YouTube, as a matter of fact. It's the easiest place to see it. And it's a really interesting glimpse into people who do this. The most notable thing was, is except for uh, Sergeant Bergdahl, you know, these guys were the last set of combatants who just pretty much walked off their post and never came back. And the Korean government took them in and used them to uh, help wage propaganda wars. But again, no great loss there. I'm, I'm not even sorry. I'm just going to say it. Good riddance. I, I am empathetic to his situation with his ex-wife and what happened there and how that affected him. But as far as what he did to desert his country and his army uh, brethren, nah, good riddance to him. No problem. So number three, the third thing I want to talk about, I I'm just in shock. I, I really can't understand this. I really have no idea what's going on here. But what, for, for whatever reason, we have ships now that are colliding to other ships. And maybe I could understand this if you were driving, uh, uh, I don't know, if, if ocean traffic was like the LBJ, you know, 635 loop in Dallas, or you were driving in LA or Houston or Tokyo or London during rush hour traffic. But the ocean covers three quarters of the earth. And when you think of the size of some of these ships in relation to how much water is out there, the idea that two of these objects can be in the same place at the same time defies explanation. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get how, with all the advanced technology that are on these naval warships, because I've been on a couple, I got to tour the USS John Paul Jones extensively, and this thing had enough you know, firepower and technology to you know, shoot every plane or total round missiles, but it could target planes from LAX and shoot them all down with no problem at all. Or at least, you know, take over for LAX and direct air traffic to land on runways. That's that's how that's that's how powerful it was. I mean these things can see a speedboat at you know 20 miles out, no problem at all. So what is happening that that this this is going on? And, and the next question I have is don't they have watches? I mean every time I read a history book about sailors or say in the past they had some guy in the I don't forget the big mast is, the, the big, huge mast in the center, the lookout. The lookout. The lookout was, you know, looking out with his telescope for, you know, oncoming ships, especially at night, to see them. But this happened in the morning, 6, 3 in the morning. So the sun was coming up. How in God's name do these ships hit each other? I, I don't get it. Even even if that boat, the, the container ship, was trying to the tanker ship this time was trying to hit the USS uh, McCain. The USS McCain was a faster boat. It was armed. It could have seen this boat as a, as a threat and taken it out if it had to. But somehow it got broadsided by a by a tanker. I, I don't get it. And once again, we have sailors who entrusted their lives to other people, dead or missing, or injured. 
and there's very little information coming out about this. Now, they fired the EXO, and they replaced a couple other guys, but um, no one really knows what's going on. Here's these wild theories about Chinese hackers, and, you know, is the technology being hacked? Well, forget the technology. How about human eyeballs? They're supposed to be, you know, watching what's going on from the bridge. I mean, you can't see a container ship coming at you from 20 miles away, 10 miles away, a mile away. I I don't know. I don't know, but kind of like the Osprey, no one's really fired up about that. People get fired up about other things, but no one's really getting angry about what's going on. And I get it. It's a dangerous job. I get it. The ocean's big. It's dangerous. It's a lonely place. A lot can happen, but I just cannot for the life of me fathom why this uh, ship got struck. I am extremely sorry and pathetic and sympathetic to the families of those missing, injured, and killed sailors. I am happy that no one else got hurt, but once is a, yeah, okay, you know, something weird happened, but now this is twice. This is twice in about six months. This happens again. I mean, there needs to be a stem to stern overview of how ships do business in the water. Or maybe we just need to give sailors binoculars, infrared binoculars, and post them somewhere where they have 360 degree coverage of the, the battleship. So that's, that's my view. That's how I feel. This is terrible. The jobs that the military does on a day-to-day -day basis is dangerous enough as it is. I just don't like certain aspects of it are more dangerous than they need to be. So these are my three rants that have been going on in, in my mind for a little while. Uh, I might do this again. I'll have them all up on the blog site. And if you have anything you want me to cover or need to reach out to me, you can email me. Travis at OscarMikeRadio.com and check out more of the podcast on OscarMikeRadio.com. Uh, we're going to go into Labor Day. Hope everybody enjoys their time with family and friends. And I will see you back here for next week's episode. Take care, you all. Bye. Oscar Mike Radio, over and out. Oscar Mike Radio, do you copy? Since the one actual, I have you five by five. Anchors away, my boys, anchors away. well to college joys, we sail at break of day. Our last night, a short drink to the poem until we Oscar Mike Radio is in route. Copy that, Sinister One. Coming at you from the city of champions, Brockton, Massachusetts.
Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio, veteran in action, on the move, on mission, always. Oh.